the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover three and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out because you see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. The college football playoff announced on Friday afternoon that it has voted unanimously to expand to a 12-team format. Now, some of the details still need to be worked out, including exactly when this expansion will occur. Our options are 2026 as likely, but it could be as early as 2024 or 2025. Conference commissioners need to figure that out. We've gotten a few more details that have come out since this news initially broke. And so, Tom, I want to get into... Uh, games on campus. I want to get into the automatic qualifiers. I want to get into sort of the the nitty gritty stuff that we now know since we were first on CBS Sports HQ for the breaking news. But I I guess I got to come back to the the most important factor of this all. This is disrespectful to Week One. We have waited oh, too long for Week One for them to be this disrespectful to the Illinois Fighting Illini, to Duke Temple, and to everything that we have on Friday night. See, you're being sarcastic there, but I, it's I I genuinely do think that it is, it's poetic, That's in true. that they do announce the college football playoff expand is expanding hours before the Friday night games of Week One kickoff, ensuring that no matter what happens this weekend, because yeah, I mean obviously Illinois, Indiana, Duke, Temple are the big games, but you also have some other games like you know a top five matchup between Notre Dame and Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Florida. Games that will have an impact on this year's four-team college football playoff, but nobody's going to be talking about them because by announcing this on Friday afternoon, you are assuring that the entire weekend's conversation of college football will be about playoff expansion and what that means for the sport. It's why we're having an emergency podcast right now. And the biggest qualm I've had with college football media coverage in the playoff era is that it has been too playoff focused and now... They're just kind of showing you exactly my thoughts about the entire process. They don't, they're already dismissing the regular season before it's even started because they want you talking about the playoff. Yeah. I'm not naive to the fact that we were going to get here. 
right? Like, that's why I opened it up with like somewhat of a joke, but not really a joke in terms of the mm-hmm. timing of all of this. Like, I knew that we were going to reach an expanded playoff. I mean, the Cover 3 podcast listeners have remembered that I've said, whatever, it's good for business, it's good for me. We'll have more instant reaction shows, we'll have more interest in December, and that is stuff that will will be better for the Cover 3 podcast. So I'm, I'm just accepting that that's our reality. But if I were to, to have a, a say, if I was to have a vote in this process, then I think expanding the playoff uh, only further separates the college football fan who roots for a team that doesn't compete for a national championship from the college football discussion. Because you're 100% right in that the college football discussion is only more and more going to be focused on the playoff and focused on the idea of what games have playoff implications when a college football fan who has season tickets, who loves being able to go to their workplace and argue with uh, the people in other offices and other cubicles about the schools that they root for, if, if they're not a part of that college football playoff conversation, well, then maybe they don't feel as involved in college football. So I think that we were always going to reach this point where the college football playoff was going to expand. I had reached my point of acceptance. I was past denial. I was past grief. I was, I'd done the full circle, Tom. I'd really been working on myself, but now you drum it up here in week one and now I got to relive all these emotions. But ultimately there are some pieces and especially as we've continued to, to get more details uh, as, as we're going live now, even more coming out from this that I do think I can get myself excited about. I can get myself excited about first round games on campus. I can get myself excited about the fact that we do have six automatic qualifying bids for conference champions, which in our current world means that at least one group of five, if not two group of five conference championships on the first Saturday in December are going to have some real significance and some real intrigue. And I can get excited about uh, the idea of what it's going to look like when we finally do get to see those teams that are competing for the buy and at least start to try and consider what it means as a coach, what it means as an athletic director, you know, what it means as an athletic department about whether or not you want to play those one extra games. Tom, there is some, there are pieces of this, many pieces of this that I can find a way to drum up true earnest excitement for. And so I've, uh, as I've reached my point of acceptance, I would say that what about the format are you able to look at and say, this is going to be a fun new twist to college football as it is? The home games in the first round are really the only thing about this that I even like. I, I, I'm happy, like I've long said that when they expand, for me, I want there to be automatic bursts. And they're kind of hedging that a little bit by saying it's the sixth highest ranked conference champion. So there still aren't automatic births, but at least you can get it if you win your conference. Like we know the power five conference champions are probably going to be the top five every single year and that it'll be a group of six. So it's a way of doing it. But what annoys me still is that it's going to be the same selection committee. It's going to be the same criteria. It is still going to be the same opinion. They're going to be ranking teams in certain spots just to kind of, you know, help fulfill what they want ultimately. And I don't think really things are going to change. The home games are going to be cool, but we're going to get sick of them. Not sick of them, but they're not, the meaning behind them is going to fade, I think, pretty quickly. Not maybe in two years or three years, but I think in the fourth or fifth season of this, it's going to be a situation where like, if you look at it now, last year, Baylor went to the Sugar Bowl, beat Ole Miss, and had a hell of a season because of it. You know, they nearly won the Big 12. They just missed out. That hurts, but the season still ends on a high note. Now you are ensuring that for 
most teams, season's not going to end on a high note. Like you're going to be all excited to get to the playoff and maybe you'll get a home playoff game. And that's going to be awesome. It's going to be great for your school. It's going to be great for ticket revenues, all that kind of stuff. The fans get to go see a playoff game against the team. Maybe they don't normally get to see. Maybe you win that game and then you go on to the next round to face one of the teams that has been in the playoff every single year in the four, you know, when it was a four team format and it's going to be at a neutral site. It's going to be at the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or whatever. And they're going to cave your skull in. And that's going to be how your season ends. So all the good feelings are going to get dashed pretty quickly. And then after a few years of that, you're going to say, all right, do I, am I really that excited about going to the playoff where I'm probably going to get crushed at some point? Maybe I win a game. I don't know. Again, this is to me far more exciting for TV executives than it's ever going to be for college football fans. And I think that has been the case too much in this sport in recent years. I think it's in the case. I mean, it's something we've talked about on the show and off the show. It's the disease of more where we are currently in a culture where everything is kind of a numbers game and you have to increase. You can't, it's increase is greater than improve. And I think that is a flaw in the way we approach a lot of things. And I think that is what the, how we're approaching the sport of college football. We're looking to increase the amount of money we make. We're not looking to improve the sport. Do you think we'll see um did I I don't think opt-outs are a problem but opting out of a bowl game is a growing trend. Do you think that this creates a situation where more players who would be like in some of the New Year's Six bowls for example, those are players who are opting out who might be in playoff games now. I believe that at some point we will see a player opt out of a playoff game and it will probably be I one guarantee of those it. teams guarantee it it will probably be one of those teams that is one of the last ones in facing an uphill battle to make it all the way to the national championship game but do you think that this does create a situation where those uh those teams and the investment that you get is going to be a little bit higher we'll see less opt-outs for some of the top 15 teams in the country I think we'll see I think we'll see fewer opt-outs at the start because it's going to be important. It's a playoff game. It's a playoff game, but it's going to be the same thing as the New Year 6. The New Year 6 was important at first. And then one player opted out. One player said, "Eh, Rose Bowl's not that big of a deal. My NFL future is a much bigger deal. I'm going to worry about that and the possible millions I can make going forward. And you're going to see there's going to be a player on a 7 seed or an 8 seed and he's going to be the first one. He's going to be a projected top 10 pick. And he's going to say, I don't really want to risk playing in an extra game or two without what's likely to be a payoff with a national title and jeopardize my draft stock, jeopardize my earning potential in the future. And we have seen there will be when it happens, there will be a bunch of people talking about how, oh, this is going to hurt his draft stock because teams aren't going to like his desire, his you know fire, his will to compete. And then he's going to get drafted in the top five. And it's not going to have any impact on that. So, yeah, once one player does it, it's going to give everybody else the reason and an excuse to see that, hey, I could do it. Their consequences aren't going to exist. Everything will be fine. Some people will be mad. I don't care. I'll make millions. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You said I was half right earlier when I said that I thought that this would slow down conference realignment. I don't remember which half I was wrong about or which half I was right about. <laughs> but it's like, so, but I'm just, you know, it was a, a question that was posed to you, to I, to pretty much everybody else that's been, you know, cycled through this content car wash here in the last two hours. Like, <laughs> The idea that college football playoff expansion has an impact on conference realignment, it's 100% true, but mm -hmm. it feels like they're running on different tracks. Like they, they definitely relate to each other, but they relate to each other because the same conference commissioners that are raiding each other's conferences also now have to work together to hammer out the details of what's going to happen. What do you think ultimately the impact is of this news uh, coming down and in, in conference realignment, especially with the, the craziness that we saw um, the bad feelings that we heard from Greg Sankey and from the distrust that we sensed at all of the media days in July from conference commissioners. So now they have to work together to put this playoff together. Does that, how does that impact conference realignment? I said, I think you're half right in that your answer to the question of was this, will this slow it down? As you said, yes. And I think you are right in that the short term, it's going to kind of put the brakes on realignment talk in the Big Ten and the SEC, maybe poaching more teams or the Big 12 trying to go after Pac-12 teams. But I think long-term, we'll get it cranking right up. I think that we'll take care of the playoff now. And again, like you said, the conference commissioners and all these people still have to approve of this. And for all we know, somebody, you know, like Barrett was mentioning on HQ earlier, Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey could walk in that room and be like, screw you, it's at-larges or nothing. And that could throw a wrench in the gears and completely set it back. It would not be the first time something like that has happened in this process. And I'm not just talking about the college football playoff. I'm talking about the BCS going way back 20, 30, 40 years. But I think that going back again to the disease of more, the goal for whoever is in charge right now is I have to make more money for the schools than the guy before me. The contract can never be the same. The contract has to increase. The reason the Big Ten and the SEC have kind of hit the brakes on expansion right now is Notre Dame is really one of the few brands out there that they could add to either of their conferences that would increase the attractiveness of the television package and therefore increase the amount of money they can divide between all of their schools on an annual basis as the conference expands. Depending on the distribution of the revenue from this new playoff, if it is every single conference gets a fair same slice, maybe we're done with expansion. I doubt that's going to be the case because nothing that's ever happened in this sport leads me to believe that everybody's going to agree to, to you know, shake hands and we'll all be friends and everybody will all split the pizza. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see conferences get a certain percentage and then... It'll be the rest of it will be divided by how many bids your league has. Yeah. So if the SEC gets that's the NCAA tournament format where it's like mm -hmm. getting a team in is one payout for your conference. And because in the NCAA tournament, everybody gets in, you get at least one payout. Then for every team that's in, then every team that wins, you ever you get another unit from the payout. And so 
it could be a situation like that where the power five conferences all agree to get the same amount of money, but you know that when you get in there, the sec is going to have four teams. The big 10 is going to have three teams. Then you've got the other four auto bids. And now all of a sudden, I think I just got more than 12. I don't know how the math works on that, but it normally is going to end up with the sec and the big 10 having more teams in and having those teams go deeper, which probably leads to bigger payouts for them. But they can at least say then when they announce it that we're all singing hands, we're holding hands and singing kumbaya and, you know, let it let them figure it out on the field, even if in reality we all know that the way that this is going to go. There was, Dennis Dodd had this line about the college football playoff when it was started. He said that the group of five conferences, they traded money for access, where they knew they would never make it. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. against all odds, was able to. But the group of five schools signed off on it, agreed to everything the Power Five conferences said because they just wanted to be a part of it and get the check. And so I think that's what the now it's become the other Power Five conferences are going to sign off on it, even if they know that they're going to be getting less money if they use that kind of model. Well, let me ask you a question that neither of us have been asked to this point, which is incredible when you think about how many questions you and I have been asked about this college football playoff in just a short time since it was announced. The way the setup is currently set is that the first round buys will go to conference champions. Notre Dame cannot win a conference. Notre Dame cannot get a buy. Notre Dame still has access to the playoff. How will their television contract money for the new playoff work? What piece of the pie will they get? And will that lead to Notre Dame maybe actually considering joining a conference, knowing that it's the only way they could get the first round buy in the playoff and probably therefore increase their actual chance of winning a national title because that's the other unspoken thing like it's really hard to win two games in a 14 playoff to win 12 unless you have the buy you're going to have to win at least three so if you're notre dame and you kind of agree to this without being at a conference you're pretty much doing what you just said the group of five and other conferences were doing with the original one where it's like yeah we know we're never going to win but we'll just take the check so wasn't jack swarbrick part of the four team subcommittee that put this together Mm -hmm. That's what leads me to believe he feels comfortable with it. Cause we're just going back to what they proposed last summer in terms of the actual format. And if he was an architect of it, I don't think he would set it up in a way that would be disadvantageous for Notre Dame. When he has said that he was comfortable with that position, but he has also said that the things that would, there were like three things that would lead Notre Dame to join a conference because right now they're happy with their position and everything else. One of those three things he said is playoff access. Right now, I think Notre Dame has great access to the playoff. They go out there and they field any 9-10 to 10 win team. Heck, they're not only making the college football playoff, they're probably hosting a first-round game. And maybe that was part of the calculus that they ran where they said, look, we're not going to be able to get that first four by, but we are going to have a home playoff game almost every single season, at least every single single season that we meet expectations because of the way our schedule sets up with so many quality opponents and because of the success that we have seen uh, really over the last decade. I mean, that is the challenge for Marcus Freeman moving forward. So I think uh, I think that Notre Dame could be inspired to join a conference but it, that would only be if it's because of the playoff, then it's because they've had multiple years of feeling like they're missing out or feeling like it's going poorly, which means we've got several years before we get to that point, at which time, you know, the Big Ten might have already come and figured out a way to come and scoop them on their money plane anyway, for other reasons, not related to the playoff. But that brings about an interesting point, Tom. 
2026 is sort of the thought of as the start date, but then every report has, but it could be as early as 2024, but there are some things that need to be worked out. Some things that need to be worked out doesn't mean that we're shutting the door on it, but I look at this as being unlikely unless ESPN's ready to bring in other media partners because when this mm -hmm. thing expands, it is going to expand with multiple media partners being able to air these playoff games and maybe even rotate the championship game, something very similar to the NFL playoff model. And if it's going to expand, I don't think that any of, I don't think the big 10, for example, which now in its future is not going to have anything tied to ESPN. They're not going to be interested in not having Fox or CBS or NBC or Hulu or Amazon, not having an opportunity to get in on that. So the only way that I see this expanding before 2026 is if we go ahead and advance to the world where the expanded playoff is going to have multiple media rights partners, which means it's in the hands of ESPN. And I have no idea what their balance sheet or cost benefit analysis would look like there. Do you have any either opinion or prediction on whether we wait till 2026 or whether we get this as early as 2024? No, I, th I think you're dead on. I, I don't think that, this happens unless ESPN, like you said, decides to tear up its current contract and then open the bidding to others so that way they can get it out early. And I don't see, again, this is definitely not my area of expertise, but just from what I could see from with my big dumb brain, I don't see why ESPN would be willing to give up exclusive rights to the college football playoff for the next few years just so it could pay more need more money to have limited rights to a expanded format. So I do think ESPN's most likely path is to let this play out and then let it hit the open market and have multiple bidders because you're a million percent right. The Big Ten is not going to just let the ES ESPN have complete access to it when ESPN is controlling the narrative around it and the Big Ten doesn't have any games on ESPN in its new television contract. So I do think it's likely 2026, but who knows? ESPN might just be so excited about the idea of talking about 12 playoff teams constantly while you're just trying to watch a Mac game on a Wednesday night that they say it's worth it. Screw it. Let's open it up for everybody. That's what I considered. I was like, well, they might. It might be worth it. Like, But how about this? I want 2026 so that we can get all these conference moves out of the way. Let's get Texas mm -hmm. and Oklahoma to the SEC. Let's get USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. Now, we know the Big 12 is expanding next season. Give me a couple years for the things to settle, all right? Okay? I'm trying to watch some football here, all right? We need to get everybody in their conferences. I'm tired of you playing in one conference, but you're leaving for another, all right? Come on. <laughs> football season. All right. Let's, hey, go Illini. I-L-L. Let's, let's get this done tonight. Let's bring it home, Illinois. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I want. I got a question for you. Um, oh. What's your 2026 playoff field? All right. Alabama, Alabama coached by robot Nick Saban. <laughs> yep. Georgia coached by Will Muschamp. Mm -hmm. Kirby's off to the NFL and Will just stays <laughs> and gets the internal promotion. Uh, Ohio State coached by Justin Fields. I'm sorry. He's he's already moved on. He's already won five Super Bowls, and yeah, now he's and, like, and, I'm going to go back. try something new. And then my four seed in my 2026. Oh, oh, wait. I've got to fill out 12. I'll yeah. give you the top four. Oh, I'll give you all 12. Okay. What, what's Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, 
Oklahoma. Uh, whoever wins the Notre Big Dame. Twelve that year, Notre yeah, yeah Notre Dame sure. Whoever won the Big Twelve that year, USC. I have no idea. Let's go Coastal Carolina for the G five. So now we're at ten. We need two more at larges. No, we need Florida Clemson. and Clemson. There yeah. you go. There's your twelve. Bang. Yeah. Yeah, actually, let's just pull up an AP Top 25 and just read the Top 12 right now. There's your college football playoff uh, Top How 12. How many Aggies fans did I just infuriate, by the way? Well, well no, Texas A&M in this scenario is 8-4 and four and ranked number 19 in the, the college football playoff rankings. Imagine Texas that Texas A&M, A&M is 8-4 and four and getting left out for Coastal Carolina. Oh, what a – this is – listen, the, the college football fan – of some of these middle tier teams, they don't know what they're in for. They're in for some frustrating Sunday or some frustrating Tuesday nights when they start to do the calculus and realize these out, these automatic bids are going to be going to Cincinnati, the big 12 champion, not Texas A&M. Woo. Going to be fun. Hilarious. Well, remi- reminder, we are going to be talking about actual football on Saturday night with our Saturday night instant reaction show. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on those notifications so you can find out when we're going live. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Tom, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.